hope you have made the best of your Easter weekend and uh, had a nice one and, and managed to uh, you know find some peace and, and do some things that you've wanted to do, albeit in uh, a lockdown situation. We're back every day this week now, between now and Friday, uh, to talk to you more at 12.30. And of course, we want your comments. So please, uh, if there's anything you want to talk about, any comments you have on anything that we're going to discuss, get involved in the chat uh, across Facebook and YouTube. We can see your comments. I'll put them on the screen. And we'll try and answer any questions that you might have. That's what we're here for. We're delighted to be here, and I'm delighted uh, that joining me is the CEO of Aspen Wake, Paul Wake. Uh, Paul, hello and good afternoon. Yeah, I like your hello, good morning, and welcome. I can't remember who, who used to do that. So it's a, that was some comedy series, wasn't it? Um, yes, it's uh, it's wonderful to be sitting in the sunshine of Somerset again in God's County, uh, talking to the nation with my chums, Mr. Carey and Mr. Eltham. I have to say, yeah, and, and Mr. Carey's uh, joined us uh, as well. Hello, hello young man. How are you? Yeah, I'm good very to well. Be back. Um, how are things down in Dill? Yeah, a little bit overcast. We have had a beautiful weekend. Uh, nice to see everybody staying indoors and staying in their gardens. The smell of barbecues wafting across <laughs> the air. <laughs> across Kent, I'm sure. But yeah, lovely. Yeah, so it's, it's a little bit cloudy today, as I say, but uh, we're cracking on. It's all good. Well, we will talk uh, more uh, very shortly. We've got loads of things that we want to talk about um, today. Uh, I'm delighted uh, to say that once again uh, on a Tuesday, uh, we can bring uh, onto the, the phone... Uh, the voice of Oksana Atmanyenko, who um, is the VP of uh, Innovation for Aspen Weight and has a huge medical uh, experience and background as well. Oksana, very good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, everyone. I'm delighted. Good afternoon, Oksana. <laughs> delighted. Hi, Oksana. Delighted to have Hi. you back on, um, Oksana. I'm just going to bring Mark and, uh, and Paul onto the screen uh, as well. We want to just talk very briefly um about a few points. I know that Mark and Paul will have questions for you as well. Now, I, we, we said it at the beginning of the show, you've, you've got a huge medical um, background yeah. and, um, you know, you're, you're, you're a doctor. You've, you've got such a view on this that, that, that we wouldn't have from the medical side. So I always like to ask you questions that are uh, related to that. Um, what, what's the current situation uh, as far as COVID-19? How has it progressed since we spoke last week? Uh, the situation is almost the same. We're still um, all uh, um, in home. <laughs> and we're supposed to have a news, I think, by the end of last week or Monday. But government tell, told us um, I'm supposed to stay at home for one more week. And uh, hopefully we will have some news by the end of uh, this week. Uh, regarding mm. Thursday, yes, yes, Paul. Uh, regarding the clinical studies progress in the world, uh, it's still the same. There are more than 100 studies going on around, but we have seen a good news from the Oxford University. Yeah. Uh, recently, yes, uh, when. Uh, Sarah told us that the vaccine could be ready in six months. So they yeah. are ready to launch a clinical study within a few weeks. And it will take six months 
to go through the clinical study and have some results. But plus, we will need maybe a couple of weeks, uh, one month, considering that approvals are going very fast. So hopefully we will have a vaccine in September, beginning of October, which is a good news. Uh, but there are some questions and we need to be ready to manufacture if we have mm-hmm. a good good clinical, <clears throat> clinical outcome of the vaccine. Uh, the, the UK has to be ready to manufacture the vaccine for everyone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, before, Oksana, before before I hand the floor to Mark and Paul, who I'm sure have, have got some great questions, the, the one question I really wanted to ask you today, and this has come out over the last probably four or five days, and there almost seems to be a battle. We'll talk about the media a little bit later uh, on this show, but there seems to be a battle between the media and the government that's a bit unhelpful. But it's it, a lot of it, if it's not related to PPE, it's related to the deaths and the figures and the accuracy of those figures and depending where you read it, it's different so there's there are there are two sides of the coin if we split it down one is people saying look that this everything if you go into hospital they're the only deaths you're counting actually um COVID-19 is being attributed to them because they've caught it in mm-hmm. there or they've they've had it but they've died because of something else so that's not really a true yep. reflection and then there's the other side yep. that people are saying look well you're not counting the deaths in care homes you're not counting all the deaths outside and then the question got raised at the weekend about doctors who are going to those care homes and are they just putting it down to COVID-19 Oksana from a medical point of view what what, what is what's the understanding in the simplest terms of what the the true figures are Thank you. Very interesting questions. And as we just last week, I think uh, the, the figures are not correct. All the all, all mm-hmm. the figures of COVID deaths we're receiving is not correct because, uh, as we discussed, there are some patients dying with COVID nineteen and from COVID nineteen. And plus, mm-hmm. you're right; they they're not taking into consideration all the deaths from from the care homes and people who died just outside at home. And it, it, it's difficult to put it into the statistics because all um, the, all data we receive, we receive from the hospital. So each hospital reports every day a number of deaths, but they don't include the, the um, care homes as well. The, and, and we can't have um, correct figures, unfortunately. <clears throat> For example, if 600 people died, we can add 400 people who died in care homes or at home from from COVID-19 or with COVID-19. And it's difficult to put all these data together. And and that's why the statistic is is not correct. Sorry, can I, I'd like to chip in. Sorry, can I just chip chip in there if you don't mind, Oksana? I mean, I I think, uh, with all due respect, Ben, um, it's not really a question Oxana or any any expert can actually answer answer properly in the way that you put it, um, because there's there's, a, there's an element of subjectivity, and of course, uh, nobody is omnipotent in a case of, uh, as as Oxana quite correctly put it, you know. There, so there's a difference between dying uh, with COVID nineteen uh, and dying because of it. Uh, so several people are, are clearly lots of people are dying who have COVID-19 symptoms. Uh, the 
the, what I would like Oksana's opinion on is, is as far as uh, I'm aware, which I think is based on a fact, um, at this current moment in time, which has been true uh, throughout the whole uh, period of uh, the COVID-19 crisis, uh, the number of deaths in the UK, uh, and I'm talking about the total number of expected deaths now, um, has not risen upon uh, above uh, what is expected uh, on a daily basis at this time of the year, mm. which um, is hardly uh, any any type of propaganda material for the doom and gloomers or, or claiming that we're living in an apocalypse because the facts simply do not support that. Yes, well, I agree. I have seen, so I have read so many articles and statistics about the normal uh, death rate, um, not including coronavirus. And German statisticians tell that the death, the actual death from coronavirus is 0.6%, which is very low, comparing to the yearly death, just the normal death, people dying from different kinds of mm. disease, mm. the oncology, uh, pneumonia, and, and all, other, uh, all other causes. So there are so many uh, information out there about how, how you can put the figures and how statistics can be read. And Paul, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely agree with you. Uh, but we we have what we have. The hospitals have to report every day how many patients died, and there are so many patients have a COVID but died from I don't know diabetes, stroke, and oncology. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Before before I let Mark come in or, or Paul come mm. back, I just wanted to say that that was. Um, uh, I understand your point, Paul, and I, th- I think that was the, the, the point that I was getting at um, was that the with and from which you picked up on. So th- th- there is a clear difference there, and actually, the, whether it's outside hospital, inside, we don't know the with and the from the froms. So, so, and that would make a huge difference on what Paul was saying about you know it really isn't an apocalypse situation. If we had those figures, mm-hmm. then we'd probably be marking a, in a much better place mentally in our heads and, and with with how this this is affecting it. Sorry, sorry, to, so sorry. I, I just I'm going to pick you up on this. So uh, why why have you just ignored what I said, which is that the number of deaths is below the average is below the expectation. So is that is that not in itself concrete proof that uh, that there is not a problem? Uh, so if it's less, if the number of deaths, including COVID, are less than what is expected, then therefore there cannot be a problem, can there? Yeah, in, no, in relative yeah. terms. I, I was agree, yeah, I agree. I agree with that point. What you said, I, think, as I said to mm. you before uh, the show, that was a, a, an excellent point and kind of covers everything. Anyway, and that's uh, we'll go on to talk a little bit about the media later, but that's something that mm. we don't we don't see. We don't see come mm. out um, that kind of stat. But also supporting that as well is that that's enough as it is but if you then break it down with the um the withs and the froms you know we'd be talking such low numbers um really in comparison with what we're seeing in the media mm. um which i think is a, um, a really good point i think can i just ju- jump in uh, a, a general question oxana might have a view on this if i may mm-hmm. yeah yeah so, so you met you you mentioned hi Oxana nice to nice to speak to you again. Um, yeah. You men, mentioned at the, at the top of the, um, your introduction there that we're heading towards a, a vaccination, and I and I just wonder. 
I mean, if we look in general terms, you know, the reason that we're getting these super viruses, presumably, is because of it's just natural evolution. We keep creating antibiotics, we keep creating vaccinations that that are stronger, and therefore the viruses are evolving and mutating to respond to that. So are we not continually in a, in a, in a space of reaction where we're just reacting to the latest evolution of a super virus? Or is, do you know of work that's going on to, to combat that or to look at that in other ways? Thank you, Mark. Very good question. I absolutely agree with you that the viruses are mutating and the vaccines that we have at the moment, not from COVID-19, I'm talking mm. just about normal vaccines, yeah. uh, have, have been made uh, a couple of years ago, let's say five or three years ago, um, to vaccinate people. Uh, and um, there are usually vaccines made uh, to prevent, prevent people from the certain virus. But this virus, usually mutates within three, four, five years. Some people have mm. the natural virus, I mean, uh, the, from the beginning, but another people, lots of them, have a mutated virus already. Mm. So in, in, in this situation, uh, the COVID-19 is a virus which is mutating as well. So it's, right. I don't know, some, some doctors telling that the virus has mutated already coming from China to Italy because they have uh, a higher peak of death than in China. Uh, but again, we can't, we can take a statistic mm. from China with which you sure. have told. Sorry, can I, 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 sorry, can I, sorry to interrupt you, but uh, as I, I'm going to pretend that I'm on Sky News now because they're all rude to each other. Uh, yeah. I have to take exception with a, with a couple of things you've said, actually. Um, firstly, um, if anyone, one of the things that pains me about uh, the media is uh, how, how they can sit there and, and trot out that, that, um, that America has the most deaths and that everything that China says is, is true is just absolutely mm rubbish it's such it makes a travesty of the claim that the bbc is the voice of reason and honesty um because there's no way that china has 3000 deaths it's um it's a disgrace actually that we even um we even mention that the second point i'd like to make which i think is um uh is, is, obviously this is my belief so uh you know uh, everyone's entitled to an opinion is um uh, about the point about this being a, a sort of super virus that's mutated. Uh, it's almost certain uh, from everything that I believe in, and I and, and that is including um, contacts inside China itself, that this virus has come come from one of two possible um, sources. Uh, one is um, from uh, from bat droppings that have got into pangolins or something through the wet markets. Uh, so therefore, um, it's in that in that theory, um, the, the virus has has come from an original population that should never have hit the the human population in the first place. And the second, quite reasonable uh, theory, um, which I have uh, real Chinese people believe this that I I know, um, Wuhan, as you may know, is uh, a center for. Um, uh, for the development of uh, certain uh, materials for for war purposes, for instance, mm. uh, an espionage, 
and uh, many people believe that uh, the, the the virus actually escaped uh, is a man-made virus uh, made in a Chinese lab in Wuhan, uh, which has come out of there. So I, I think in either of those cases, to talk about um, antibiotics, and I mean, obviously, that is true in a way. So it's right. It, there's nothing you said, but, Mark, which isn't true. Yeah. But the fact is, it didn't originate in the way quite that you put it. That's, that would be my opinion. Mm. I, I mean, I, I think there's so many there's so many different opinions on, uh, as you quite rightly said, there's so many different opinions on where this may have originated. And I would totally concur. I think any of those are, are viable options for for where it came from. But I think I'm making a general point. I think ignoring the the evolution of of this particular strain, you know, we've seen we've seen, and there's medical evidence to back this up. Um, that the continued use of antibiotics not not just not just to combat our own health and you know and and, and i think we've become unfortunately I, i'll say this and i'm generalizing we've become a nation that refers to you know jumping on the antibiotics and and kind of pop a pill scenario <laughs> rather than looking at the holistic or or, or, or the more purposeful well-being ways of living our lives. And also, if you look at some of the antibodies that have been, been put into the food chain as well, because, because of the way that, uh, for example, the way that animals are bred in cap captivity for the mass market, I'm talking now, and I'm talking globally, I'm not talking uh, specifically about local uh, markets. Uh, so that it's in the food chain, it's, in our, it's now sort of getting into our our genetic makeup and we've seen doctors now where they're, they're saying they're not prescribing antibiotics and we need to kind of fight things so i think there's kind of two there's a, there's a parallel here and my, my question was really about that i wonder what's going on proactively to combat the evolution of these strains or indeed to uh, plan scenarios and i know there was a controversial uh, almost like a, a virtually a cv19 uh, I, I think um, who were behind it last year. I know there's some some details online about it uh, of this kind of outbreak. So I just I just wonder. We just seem to react all the time, don't we? There doesn't seem. Where's the proactive news? Where's the positive proactive news about how we're going to make sure that we're a healthy, vibrant community for the future, rather than just responding to oh my goodness, Armageddon's on on the horizon. I think we'll give Oksana the final word before we let her go on this uh, interesting <laughs> debate. But Oksana, you can have the final word. Yes, I, uh, Paul, I absolutely agree with you. I heard about oh, those two theories uh, you were talking about. And the very first one I heard from a friend of mine who lived in China for 25 years, uh, near Yuhan, that, that it was a man-made virus. So there are so many theories around it, uh, but now we don't know because I think the virus mutated already because time... It uh, started in um, China in October, and we are in April now, so it's a big possibility for, for virus to mutate. And Mark, um, talking about antibiotics and, and healthy living nation, yes, we are reacting to the diseases, but taking antibiotics, but that's why we live longer now. Uh, if you uh, if you can see that without antibiotics people die, so <laughs> using antibiotics is a big step in our medicine. But mm, overall, mm. I'm 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 hoping that it's gonna finish soon because 
I can see that some countries are um, releasing um, rules, make it more softer. Mm-hmm. So hopefully within a couple of weeks we will be able at least to send our kids to school. Well, uh, yeah, okay. Th- uh, Sorry, Ben, well. I'm, I'm going to be really naughty and defy your rule here because I can. <laughs> um, uh, so I think um, it's two things that I wanted to say because they're very relevant to what Aspen Weight are doing as well. But the first, the first thing is, uh, so as a hopefully an intelligent person in myself who um clearly advises many people um i for instance have for many years and i'm talking about many years now uh only used antibiotics as a uh course of last resort Mm. so uh i i you know maybe some people may say i do this too much but uh i very much am aware of the danger to my body of uh overly frequently taking antibiotics so I save uh, taking antibiotics for what I consider to be, uh, you know, special situations. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm already in that respect um, self-regulating. So that's the first thing I'd say. Secondly, um, I think the positive point that we can make in response to Mark's point um, is that, and in fact, you know, one of the things I, I was saying uh, prior to this show starting today. I had a wonderful conversation um, prior to the show today with um, Ben and Andrew in in connection with creating a worldwide brand focusing on um, on a range of organic uh, products, um, including um, CBD oil, very fine CBD oil and hemp products uh, and, and, and vitamins, but also um, you know what you might call a, a mental well-being and wellness mm-hmm. center based on advice. And I think that... Um, uh, a significant number of people now um, are very enlightened and are very attracted mm-hmm. and interested. And one of the reasons why I'm so keen to get behind this project is because I think the time has really come. I, I really think we have an opportunity not to revert back to how life was prior to mm-hmm. this crisis happening. Agreed. Uh, and I'd like to play my part in that personally. So there is there are there are positives in this, and I think that. Um, you know, this sort of because one of the things is also quite interesting as someone who's been in hospital recently is um, uh, something like 80 percent of all of all um, appointments were cancelled. You know, you suddenly had um, emerg- uh, no, um, what do you call them? Accident, um, accident, emer- accident. Um, uh, A&E. Hospitals. Sorry, A&E. Yes, thank yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. A- A- A&E going from. Um, you know, ridiculously overcrowded to where is where is the person? Yeah. And as one of the consultants said to me, um, what we now have is very interesting. The people that need to be here are here and the people that don't need to be here aren't here. And I thought that very was a good. very, a very wise comment. Mm. Yeah, I know. I, I, Paul, yeah, absolutely, sure. absolutely fine for you to come in because they were really, really good points. Um, I'm going to let Oksana go because we, we've had her on the phone for a while now. Oksana, thank <laughs> you so much for joining us today. As always, it's uh, it's great to hear from you. Hopefully we get you back on uh, again next week. I know you're really busy, so I hope your week goes well and, and we'll speak to you again soon. Thank you very much, Ben, for having me. <clears throat> Paul and Mark, <laughs> thank you very much for your questions and comments and I speak to you soon. Nice to yeah, see you. Oksana. Thank you, uh, Oksana. Enjoy those bluebells, Oksana. 
Yeah, I think she's gone, but um, I'm sure she will. Yeah. She'll still enjoy the bluebells anyway. <laughs> she will, yeah. Mm. So, uh, yeah, keep comments coming in, putting some of them uh, on the screen, uh, as you can see. Uh, get involved um, with the debate. Paul made some really good points there, which I'm sure we could go into at great length about taking medication and uh, what you should do and, and off the back of Mark, Mark's points. So do get involved across social media. We want to hear from you. We'll put the comments on the screen uh, and we'll certainly read uh, some of them out. I want to move on briefly before we talk positively uh, about a few different things, just about the um, the lockdown developments, which which came out in that conversation, really. And Paul, you mentioned before the show a really good point, which was over the last four or five days, it's, it's really become apparent that unless something is done soon to ease this and to get us back to normality, then the 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 actual maybe the deaths and the developments that will happen if we don't do that will be worse than if we, we stay in lockdown to avoid COVID-19. Well, I think that, I think that was true already. I think, um, you know, we, we, we've discussed this amongst ourselves and our live streams for many days now. Um, I think what, what as, as seems to have happened to me um, is that um, the, I, what, what what happens a lot in this country is we're very good at being told what to do. You know, we are, we actually do queue properly, and if people say, you know, um, buy red stickers, we buy red stickers as a, as a generalisation. You know, and I think um, you know Peter Hitchens probably makes this point the most powerfully. Um, you know, Peter Hitchens is a very interesting character, but um, you know, Peter Hitchens' uh, view is that. You know, the, the British people have already accepted um, an undemocratic, uh, well, undemocratic for a number of reasons. Um, they've, they've, you know, the, the, the government has given uh, powers to the police, which are ill-defined and have been uh, ill-applied, shall we say. It has not been uh, measures which have been approved by Parliament. Uh, and there is a lot of uh, vagueness and, and lacking in detail and clarity you know, where, uh, you know, we had the case of um, people being told to get out of their own garden and go inside, uh, police threatening to look at people's shopping uh, for non-essential <laughs> items, you know, um, police telling people not to sit on park benches, you know, um, you know, when people could be out of breath or, or struggling to walk, you know, th these sort of things, just generally lacking in, in common sense. And I think what, you know, one of these. I think whatever what happens, apart from the economic um, damage, which runs at two point four billion pounds per day uh, of lockdown, and as we discussed last week, the economy is is operating at sixty nine percent. We're now in a situation where, uh, as an economist myself, uh, I, I I would say that tax rises are certain. Uh, I I actually think for the first time ever. In the last 15 years, I think we'll, we will see inflation uh, over the next few years. Um, I, I think that it's already likely that certain industries have been irre irreparably mm. damaged. Mm. Um, I think that there's been uh, a lot of injustice, such as... Um, it's funny, actually, I've actually started to make a very good job of sounding like a socialist mm. uh, re recently. Um, which is quite it. And I think that's because I believe in justice and fairness. I call it relative fairness. So, 
it, it pains me greatly that uh, Sainsbury's can sell a whole load of geraniums uh, and the garden centre down the road, which has invested heavily and traded for many years, is is having to throw tens of thousands of pounds Absolutely. of plants away. Why is it all right to buy a geranium in Sainsbury's and not all right to buy a geranium somewhere else? Mm-hmm. Why is it all right to get piddled on vodka all day long? Um you know, and, 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 you know, let's be honest, you can go in a supermarket and buy records and videos and all sorts of things. You know, these are hardly uh, non-essential items. So I think there's a, a, a general lack of common sense. And, um, you know, and I also think, um, you know, picking up on the point about um, well-being, um, you know, if you take if you take this country in particular, you know, we are this country, we are a, a nation of gardeners, aren't we? Mm. we you know, and I think to to actually uh, expect people uh, to sit in their house you know and in some cases that means sitting in a high-rise apartment with no garden uh, and not allow that person for instance to go to their allotment uh, and plant some cucumber seeds or whatever is 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 very badly thought out mm. so i think um what's been good for me is it was interesting uh, I, I i quite like talk radio i think it's a you know, whatever you think of the of, of the presenters, neither of whom are anywhere near as good as you two, for instance. Um, one thing I was very pleased to see, Peter Hitchens was a guest of, um, I've got the guy's name now, the guy with glasses that can that tends to be a bit over-opinionated. And um, Peter Hitchens was given quite a hard ride last week, I thought. He was continually interrupted when he was making some very powerful points. To be fair to the presenter, uh, Hitchens was invited back again on saturday i think it was uh and and he actually his whole demeanor towards hitchens had changed markedly which i think symbolized the change that i've noticed in the last week so hitchens was actually now i think because his point was so relevant one of my favorite um quotes was by winston churchill when he first stood in the house um and uh his his father randolph churchill uh, made one of the greatest sacrifices in parliamentary history when he stood against uh, Lord Ro- Lord Salisbury, who was the Prime Minister, um, against what he considered to be inju- injudicious spending on military. And Churchill stood up and said, wise words stand the test of time. And those were wise words. Uh, and I think, you know, I use that uh, analogy because um, I think what Peter Hitchens said, w- w- they were wise words. And I think that, that, you know, that actually, to be fair to talk radio, I think that upon reflection... Um, and so he was he was he was listened to with with actually almost reverence as opposed to the sort of nutcake, the nut bar, um, you know, the nut bar that sort of um, is 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 the sort of elephant in the room that's saying all this dangerous crap that's going to kill us all, you know. Uh, and to, for me, the best, uh, the, the single best uh, repre- representative of what I believe in is Professor Sickert. Um, who who was given two magnificent interviews on the media uh, where he talks about, um, you know, p- putting into context what is going on at the moment with COVID-19 and, and, and talking about uh, the very real need to get the community, uh, you know, back into some sort of order. And, um, you know, I think I think it was him that he was saying that um, uh, he thought something like... Uh, 10 times more people would end up dying from socioeconomic, let's call it mm. that, 
Mm. I can't think of anything else to call it. Mm. That ten times more people will end up dying from socio-economic related uh, uh, issues, you know, such as things resulting from uh, lack of well-being, depression, mm. uh, all this sort of thing. Then, 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 then they're going to go to from COVID nineteen. So sorry for that long ramble. Well, interestingly, before I get Mark's view on it, I had a question that, uh, as I've been sent on this. Uh, in relation to what we were talking about with Oksana, but this um, definitely relates to uh, Paul and, and your thoughts here, and certainly about people, 10 times the amount of people dying of other things if we continue this. And and this person's put, it's not about the deaths or whether they're attributed to COVID-19. This is, isn't about that. This is all, the lockdown is all about hospital capacity. Mm, um, I agree with that. What, what they're basically saying in this, um, and I'm going to sort of digest this message is, it's not. It doesn't matter. He doesn't disagree that people are not dying because of COVID nineteen. But a bit like the prime minister, really, could use an example. If the bed's not there and the oxygen's not there and you can't get medical uh, attention, you, you would die. So, although we're saying there's a very small amount of people dying of COVID nineteen because they're dying of other things, the people that aren't dying of COVID nineteen but are getting hospital treatment is why we're in lockdown and why the government was so worried. Uh, about this worried enough to do this because if we wouldn't have done this then people wouldn't get the beds they wouldn't get the care so if you and i got this um we we may need hospital treatment to to make sure we get better um and we wouldn't get that without the lockdown so so is the argument not sorry paul i was just going to say is the argument not how how the government sees the hospital capacity is that not the only thing that they're looking at with the lockdown yeah, so sorry, sorry, Mark, because I've got a very relevant, uh, uh, as I say, I've actually been in hospital and I've actually spoken to um, uh, nurses who've been moved wards. And uh, so, for instance, at Musgrove Hospital, which is the biggest hospital in Somerset, uh, the acute medical unit has been closed down because of COVID-19. Uh, I've got family members who uh, are being denied treatment for cancer mm. at the moment because of COVID-19. Uh, I agree uh, entirely that I would I would support the the listener's opinion that that is what the strategy is. The reality is something different. So in my opinion, and I, and, and there will be people listening to this who won't like what I'm going to say. Um, in in if if you look at the facts, and I know that Somerset isn't um, Somerset isn't perhaps the best example, but um, so far only 25 people have died in Somerset in hospital from COVID-19, 10 of whom. Uh, are in Musgrove Hospital, okay? Ten people. Now, if I told you that that hospital has closed loads of specialist wards, um, has stopped doing chemotherapy, uh, stopped doing uh, operations on people that have got very real things wrong with them, uh, I would say beyond all doubt, having spent quite a lot of time thinking this through, um, if you took the entire capacity of that hospital at the moment, there is surplus capacity because the demand put upon it for the COVID situation has not reached anything like the expected levels that everyone led us to believe. And therefore, uh, it's a resource issue. And because of, uh, I would suggest, an overreaction and panic, I think even even my fiercest critic, for instance, would have to concede that uh and, and i think we have we are we have pretty much reached the peak now or, or at worst you know we might see a you know i i hope we have but um 
I think even even uh, people who would be much more snowflake than me would have to concede that the NHS has coped uh, with the demand put upon it. And I actually think there's a very real scenario, and I would actually say almost certain, in my opinion, that a lot of these extra facilities that have been put in place, you know, these super hospitals that have been built, are never going to be used. So I'd be interested in what Mark's got to say about that, for instance. I was just thinking, uh, actually, uh, again, just in the broader broader terms, um, as you were talking there, Paul, uh, a lot of a lot of what we see around us, and I'm just going to pick up on your point about the sort of panic you mentioned there. What we see, what I believe we see around us are symptoms of a system that's struggling all the time. So is that there's a system that's in, in place that that has been created to cope with certain circumstances the minute it starts to veer off track in any way shape or form panic ensues it doesn't need that doesn't need to exist that panic doesn't need to be there it's perfectly well resourced it's just not planned well enough and it comes back to my point i made earlier about being proactive we just seem to be in a position where all of these are symptoms of a system that responds and reacts rather than creating opportunities and, and being proactive yeah t- t- i think that's a very good point i mean one one of the sorry sorry ben i mean one of the things which um i, I i've seen expressed which is difficult to disagree with and i've only i've just twigged as a as a businessman um you know one of the things which um has been said that there should have been so picking up you know on, on the point that mark's made very powerfully is why is it that a a cultured society that has state-of-the-art technology does not have a disaster plan exactly you know why don't we have a proactive plan that says when this happens you know uh, you know when you consider um you know the way the world's going so if you're looking at the future a couple of things dominate artificial intelligence for mm-hmm. instance you know ai is going to be the future um you you do now uh warfare is no longer we're not going to have battles anymore where thousands of people go bang bang you're dead you know um you know those days are are long gone so you know why a developed society wouldn't have a coherent contingency plan to say right in the event that this nightmare happens this is what we do uh so i think you know i think mark's uh, absolutely correct in saying that i think it might be i don't know i'm just chipping in here but uh, chasing the tail seems to be uh, an expression we use quite a lot in in general we all seem to be so busy chasing ourselves and, and Paul's point is uh, is a really good one. You know, perhaps um, perhaps we wanted to talk about positive stuff. We've only got two <laughs> minutes left, but perhaps perhaps we are going to see that change, Paul, uh, Mark. I'll, I'll put it to both of you. We are, we are going to see that change now, whereby this won't ever happen again because there will be a plan in place. Do you think that's that's mm-hmm. true? I I don't believe that there will be, Ben. I think <laughs> this is the point. I think what I'm trying to say is the system. And I, and, I, and I use that term in the broadest sense. The system is broken and everything we see that goes wrong around us are symptoms of that broken system. So in order for us to create a, a better environment, and I'm going to go back to my old mate Buckminster Fuller here, you know, it's no good trying to change the existing system. You have to create a new system that makes the old system defunct and inappropriate and, and un- unaccessible. So if we do have an opportunity now in this lockdown scenario, and it's, you know, it's Easter, it's spring, it's time for revival. Uh, it's time to start reinventing 
So maybe, you know, some of the listeners out there might be in that position where they're reinventing themselves, where they're reinventing their business models, reinventing the way they think about their health and their well-being. So I think that's how you get out of this. The system's broken. I don't think it'll ever change. I think it will just be this pattern of chasing tails. You quite rightly make the point there, mate, that people will continue to chase the tails because that's what the system set up to do. To, to, it's broken. It it has problems. There are some great things about it, but ultimately, it's all about reacting to the status quo, not the band, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I think I think uh, I think um, so. I, I, I think Mark's point, uh, as he's put it, I entirely agree with. So I just comment uh, on something slightly different. Uh, I personally believe that one of the byproducts uh, of why this situation has developed the way it has is a result of the woke culture that dominates our society today. So I think um, what you have is a uh, an inability, for instance, for government ministers to talk with honesty or mm. clarity or with conviction. Uh, you know, where are the politicians uh, who are outspoken? Who, you know, why is it that's, why is it left to Peter Hitchens and Professor Sickert? To, to to be the representative of my opinion for instance mm. you know, why why isn't you know um we're led to believe from what i can gather so going back to um i can't remember which one of you made the point earlier on um about um uh i meant to say this earlier though you, you talked about the clash between the government and the media uh it's, it's actually worse than that there's a clash between the government and the government mm. so um you know what you have at the moment is you know this is how i've heard it described you've got the hawks and the doves uh matt hancock is symbolizes the dove uh and rishi sunak symbolizes the hawk so the hawks are saying hey guys what the hell are we doing you know we're killing our country uh and the doves are going oh no you mustn't do anything we're all gonna die you know and um you know and the fact is is that um Whereas, for instance, if you look at, um, let's take Belarus as a very good example, right? The, one of the few football leagues openly still playing uh, with, with crowds. Uh, suddenly, they've been signed up by all the, the big channels, you know, because it's the only football you can watch, you know, Belarus football. Uh, the Belarus president basically said, "What you know, we all have to eat. That was That's all he said. You know, he's basically said, I don't care about what anyone else is doing. Uh, Belarus is open for business because we all have to eat. Uh, if you, whatever you say about Trump, and there is a lot you can say about Trump isn't good. Uh, Trump doesn't suffer from the criticism I've yeah. just made. Mm. Trump says what he thinks is right, like I would. Mm. I'd, I'd sit there and say, I don't care how many of you hate me. Uh, this country needs to be going back to work. Uh, and I'm going to put into place a fair and just and balanced uh, response to this crisis. And we mm. don't have that. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Um, we haven't got time to talk about it, but really interesting. If you did see it from <laughs> Trump last night when he gave his uh, press conference, um, fascinating watch because he just went for the media and he played a video which basically criticised them for, you know, what they'd said previously, and now they're changing their tune. and And, and he just said he's not having any of it. And he, he looked mm. all, looked them all in the eye and just he, he was that was it was a really good mm. watch. If you haven't mm. seen uh, Trump's press conference uh, from yesterday, that is. You know, love him or hate him, he's he's a he's a real leader, and he and, and like Paul says, he doesn't doesn't mind what he says. Can I, can I just very quickly just add one more thing? Because you mentioned about okay. chasing the tail, Ben. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a phrase that that I often hear, and 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 we and I see I see it in in action every day, and it's the tail wagging the dog. 
And that's that's what the media have been doing for too long. And it's about time the dog started wagging its own tail. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Good point. Totally well yeah. put. Right, we've come to the end of the show. We've got to. Um, Thank you. Yeah, we've got a. We've had. It's, it's been a big. We wanted to talk about so many other things. We have written down on my list here that on the back of uh, Mark's point of kicking on and revival and how people across social media, especially at the Easter weekend, have been learning to use new technology and doing different things. Mm. We'll talk about it another time. We'll save it for next week. For now, the, the way these shows end, we know by now, whether you're listening on the podcast or watching on the live stream, it's Paul's song time. Yes, well, obviously, the reason why your, um, your schedule was was ruined today because we have over, over-opinionated over presenters like me. <laughs> it's um, fine, it's fine. So, uh, Thank goodness. So, yeah. So, anyway... Um, we've reached, um, so uh, I hope uh, many of you listened to uh, our great uh, music show on Friday, which was was great fun to do, and um, it's the first of many. Uh, on our A to Z journey on the live streams, we've reached F, and so um, I, I, thought, uh, I thought I would choose uh, one of the most energetic songs ever written in history, uh, which never ceases to get me jigging around. Uh, and it, it's just a wonderful song, which is Two Tribes Goes to War uh, by Frankie Goes to Hollywood. Uh, so maybe for, for, for the benefit of uh, Mark and um, Ben in the context of comments today, that the two tribes are in fact the media and the government or something or <laughs> or whatever. Or maybe uh, two tribes of cultures at war mm-hmm. with each other, um, given, you know, this this, this this whole era we're living in has been very much one of... Um, division hasn't it so the brexiteers mm-hmm. the non-brexiteers mm-hmm. uh the wokes and the the non-wokes uh the city people and the rural people uh i could go on so we it, we live in a, a a time of division uh so maybe two tribes is a good uh song that symb- symbolizes that so um for me it's uh it's one of those songs that it's impossible to stay still to so i thought we, it might energize the nation today with two tribes yeah, brilliant. Uh, song choice, if you're listening on the podcast, we're about to play that for you now. And as always, as we say, if you're listening, uh, watching on the live stream, then make sure you go and just listen to that today. Whatever platform you've got, just have a little listen of that now. Um, thank you so much, Mark, for joining us, a regular Tuesday guest on the live stream. You'll be back thank next you, week. Thank you, Ben. Uh, yep, I look forward to it, my friend. And a uh, big thank you to, <laughs> um, as always, to Paul um, for joining us today and, and this what we like to call really healthy debate and it's great i think we got really into it today and i'm sure everybody uh, watching and listening did paul thank you and we'll see you of course again uh, on thursday thursday yeah right well that's it see hope you've enjoyed it today it's been a really good debate uh, thanks to oxana as well for coming on um what does tomorrow bring as far as a debate well You'll have to tune in to see at 12.30. Uh, please subscribe to the podcast if you've not done already. And of course, subscribe to our YouTube channel and click the bell. You get notified whenever we go live, which we will be tomorrow. And we'll see you then at 12.30. Have a great day. Cheers. The air attack warning sounds like this is the sound. Yeah.